Ah. All right. All right. Um, hello and welcome to the second episode of, of Sodium, Sodium Exposure. Exposure. Huh. We're still figuring out a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not part of your daily salt consumption, so... We're good for your health. Yes. We take the sodium for you. Yeah. So you won't have gout. All your salt down our gullets. <laughs> and spat back up. As words. <laughs> so, this is episode 2. Character um, creation part 2. Our, our first two-parter. Yeah. Congratulations wow. to us. Episode um, 2. Last time, we said we'd be... Diving more into the... The numbers details. into characters. Yep. Bit. So... <laughs> what? Nothing. So, rolling for stats and then how it translates into a character. Yeah, because, you know, those two things are never mute, are, aren't are always mutually exclusive. There are, uh, yeah. are going to be times when, you know, I want to do this, but um, I have zero capability in it. Like that one time I wanted to roll for occult. I didn't have occult back then. Yeah. yeah it, it was a failure. It was a failure. But, you know, failure is how you learn things. Your stats will never start out completely in sync with your character. I mean, there are times when you might not have enough speed, you might not have enough dexterity, or you might not have enough knowledge for it. Yeah. At least at the start. At least at the start, yeah. But take for example D&D, you roll for your stats, right? Uh -huh. You have your strength, dex, uh, that's dex Strength, Strength, dexterity, constitution, charisma. wisdom, uh, wisdom, intelligence, and charisma. You roll for the um, those six stats, uh -huh. and then what you get is basically who your character or what your character is capable of for the rest of the campaign. Until until of course you hit certain levels where you can bump those stats up. Uh -huh. Um if I remember correctly, that's the first time you can do an ability score up is level four. Mm. So for example, you have a mage uh -huh. with nine as your strength. That's that's a negative one in modifiers for D and D. Oh, that's a sorcerer. Did I say mage? You I said meant mage. Sorcerer. Sorry, mage is a mage is a different game entirely. Yeah. So if you have a sorcerer with a with a negative nine strength, no wait, with a nine with a nine with a strength, nine for strength. That's, that's a, a negative one in modifiers. Wait, how? Why is it a negative one in modifiers? Um, a modifier is that add-on uh -huh. to your dice roll. Yeah. So they have this base um, modifiers. You start at zero. That's pretty much average. Uh -huh. But only if your stat is, I think, 10. So if your base... If your base stat is 10 and 11, your modifier is 0, so you don't add anything to your roll. But if your stat is lower than 9, uh, lower than 10, like 9 below, you uh -huh. start getting the negative numbers. 
So negative modifiers means you get you less. You subtract one from your dice roll. For example, you get um, a 10 oh on your dice roll oh and your God. modifier no, is uh, no. minus one. No. That's so bad though. Why? Well, it's balancing, I guess. Yeah. That's but just how it is in deity. Okay, okay. Well, we don't have negative modifiers in Log Horizon. Everything is kind of upwards. It's sometimes in... We're just talking stats. Um, sometimes in accessories that you incur minuses. Like, uh, I have a shuriken. I have a set of shurikens. And one of their modifiers is that it's minus one to my accuracy. But it doesn't really matter because I have really high accuracy anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's different in D and because each stat determines your proficiency in yeah. certain skills. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have a I don't have a character sheet on me right now. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes having your sheets online is kind of amazing. It is. Hold on, I have a digital character sheet somewhere. Let me look for it. It's gonna take a while. Yeah. Insert, oh no. Insert, Insert elevator music. Oh, here we go. I have. I have Matthias. He's, um. He's my. If I remember, Matthias is my homebrew bard rogue, but this is his level one character sheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, do bards? Fun- well, no, I don't think bards function the same way across all games. Like some of them, a lot, most of the time they do play instruments, but sometimes a bard is also a ranger. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they are actually, in my opinion, bards are overpowered in 5e because they can, um, they're proficient in a lot of good weapons uh-huh. and they can do magic and they can do fighty fighty combat on their and, own. And still be a diva. And still be a diva. <laughs> This and is the, one of the reasons why I do want to play a bard. Their class features alone are pretty hacks. <laughs> yeah, you want to. That's why I love playing a bard. And then multi classing into a more powerful spellcaster. Because then you're practically invincible. See, this is one of the reasons why I eventually want to play a bard. But a bard that turns into a spellblade. So that, you know, song, elemental enchant. You know, I think they have a new bard school for that. Yeah. I haven't kept up with DD news. You know what? So, yeah. Ooh, we okay. Should, we should play that sometime. We for sure. Should. But anyway, we're getting a little sidetracked. Yeah, this is Matthias. Um, I suppose we'll have to upload him somewhere. So people can look at 
him. Uh, he's a half-elf bard. Uh, this is his level 1 character sheet. So, I think I've already included or added the racial bonuses and stuff because he has strength at 10, mm-hmm. uh, dex at 14, constitution at 14, intelligence at 10, wisdom at 12, and his charisma is 17. Damn. So his charisma bonus is a plus 3, while his intelligence and his um, strength is at 0. Mm-hmm. So, he's, he's, a, he's a bard. He's a bard. He's a he's a he's definitely a bard, and he's obviously half elf because of the. I think it's mm-hmm, racial bonuses. Where is there, where did I put the racial bonuses? So here? wait, so that means well. See there, um, he gets a plus two to charisma and a plus one to two other ability scores. That's the half elf racial feature. So I think his strength was at nine originally, and then I put the plus one there. So just he's so you don't incur a negative so multiplier. Yeah, just so he doesn't get that negative one. Yeah, but how do you, I mean? Okay, you've got all those stats, and he's got super. He's got super high charisma. So how do you? How did you translate that into playing him on the table? Uh, well, for D&D, Charisma is the Bard's spell casting ability. So I really needed to pump it up. Uh-huh. So to give him, you know, more powerful spells. Or at least give him a higher spell attack bonus. <clears throat> and let's see. Yep. Uh... Level 1, he has two cantrips and two spell slots. But he has four learned spells, I think. Oh, dang. I mean, that's what I have here. But he can only cast two spells. At any given. Spells. At any given scene of combat? Yeah. At least before the long rest. Yeah. Where everything resets. So he has Cure Wounds, Healing Word, Sleep, detect, detect Magic, and his cantrips include Light and Vicious Mockery. If you're a bard and you don't have Vicious Mockery, why are you playing a bard? Not a bard. <laughs> you're not a bard. Don't play bard if you're not getting Vicious Mockery. Because why? Doth your mother know where you weareth her drapes? <laughs> That sort of vicious mockery. Yeah. So, because his constitution is um, 14, uh-huh. that gives him a plus 2. So at level 1, that's maximum hit die, which gives him 8. That's mm-hmm. 28 hit die, plus 2 from constitution. So his current HP is 10, which is... Uh, Par for the chorus. He's a super squishy. Super squishy. Yeah, but he'll insult you before he dies. He he will. He will. Yeah. 
So yeah, we okay, you've got stats and you can work that into your character. So mm -hmm. that means as a bard, he may be squishy. Like in a bar fight, he'll take two hits and, and fall down. And fall down, yeah. But that also means as a spellcaster, you know, um, he'll probably nuke your ass before he dies. Or he will scrub you with vicious mockery before he dies, which is fine. Because at least... You know, yeah. he gets the final word. Yeah, that's funny. The final, final word. Come on, Rika, you can talk. You can speak properly. Yeah, and then but see it. we'll dive more into like character death later yeah. on. Yeah, that's so. Of, you know, it's part and parcel. If you create a character, of course they will eventually run the course of their life and die in the end or get abandoned. But or, before, or you know, you know, they make their way into other games. Or yeah, some people do that. I do that sometimes. Me, I did, I, I, I did it because um, we recently got to a point in Log Horizon where there are updates, and one of those updates includes you have to have a character background. Oh, so what's yeah. your so? Guess where Kaz name? went? I see. Okay. Tell me more about Log Horizon as an RPG. Because okay. it's, um, it's an anime, right? Yes, it's a light novel that got turned into an anime. And it also has a tabletop RPG book. It's it's far... I feel like it's simpler than D&D in the sense that you only ever use six-sided die. All your rolls are six-sided die. There are no D20s, there are no D10s, no percentile dice. That's That's it. And you you play uh, it's it's when you play through it it's like playing an MMO. You go looking for quests in this new in this new setting because the main premise of Log Horizon is that as a gamer you're one of the thirty thousand plus people. Well, thirty thousand for the Japan server alone that wow. woke up after the new patch as in their avatars. So is it faithful to the light novel and the manga and the series? It's much closer to the light novel. The tabletop mm -hmm. is much closer to the light novel than mm -hmm. it is to the anime in some ways because um, a lot of the gorier details that weren't shown in the anime are in the tabletop book. Oh. And some uh, of those details I, I are also in... In the can manga. get gory yeah. when it comes to tabletop. Like one one of the things that's different is that in the anime, something dies, it explodes into bubbles. Oh, that's it. Yeah, in in the, the tabletop in the tabletop book and the light novel, there's blood. There's a there's blood when oh. you kill something, and then it dissolves into ashes. Like it's like the snatcher. That's okay. That's. I, I can roll right? with that. I can roll with that. It's two yeah. different things, right? But the, the catch here is that, you know, the, there's no such thing as permadeath. Or at least, we don't think there is. Mm -hmm. But there are certain things that can cause permadeath. But yeah, the tabletop book hasn't really explored permadeath as it is. And I've never gotten close enough to death. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, my character is... I actually ported the human side of my character 
from one of my older games. Um, but in game, he, he's a weird cat swashbuckler. Okay. Totally not Nyanta. I promise he's not Nyanta. I okay. swear he's not Nyanta. Okay, I'll even take your word for it. Even though everybody says he's totally Nyanta, he's not. I'll take your word for it. He's a he's a cat person. Yeah. Um, one a of, cat boy. So, yeah, he's he's built to be really fast. He's got at base. Um, we only have four four main stats: mm-hmm. strength, dexterity, power, and intelligence. And then you got your racial bonuses for Weirdcat go into strength and dexterity. That's one each. Then you got then you can allocate five, however you want. And your level, your character rank, determines uh, how much more of it you have. Like if you're at level three, which I am, there's a there's three more. There's three more bonuses to it so my total base strength is like eight for strength and because I'm a weird cat and I allocated two to my dexterity plus my skills give passive bonuses that's one fun thing about log horizon some skills actually give you really good passive bonuses like plus eight to max HP wow plus four to your skills that's a lot yeah it is a lot but it's it's also it doesn't it's also pretty balanced out because the monsters can actually one hit kill you if you're not careful and you're really squishy. Plus, there's the fatigue system, which Ooh. lowers your maximum HP each time. Like after four or five scenes of combat, you will get fatigue, and you makes have to sense. roll for it. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Hope and pray that you roll low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's also um. An exhaustion mechanic somewhere in DD. I haven't really explored. Yeah. So because somehow. Sometimes it just gets glossed over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like. Okay, fatigue is something you can manage. Because you, you can use. Mm. Um, like in any MMO, if you wanna get more stamina or similar mechanics, you. Eat an item. You drink an item. Ooh. Like in Elsword, for example, in Elsword Online, you drink stamina potions to regain stamina. In Log Horizon, the tabletop game, you can actually eat food items mm-hmm. to recover HP and fatigue. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So whenever I get fatigue and it reaches 10, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat and then no fatigue. But my. But because fatigue reduces your max HP, I'm basically at lesser HP at the time of 10 fatigue. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm really, it's, he's really fast, 14 dexterity. He's not that strong, but I don't, I don't need strength when I can chip away at your HP <laughs> so easily. That's true. Because my build for him is he stacks, he stacks an element called mm-hmm. what was that thing called again? Uh, pursuit, which basically raw damage mm-hmm. every time I hit him. So that triggers each time, and I'm capable of detonating all my stacks of pursuit at once. Wow! I think I hit for last time during last session. I think due to uh, 
hitting critical, which is in our case 12. Every time you hit a critical in Log Horizon on two dice, it's like your maximum is 12. So plus 10. Wow. Critical is plus 10, so 22. Wow. Yeah, I hit 22 on. Sorry, 22 plus. Because sometimes some skills give you dice modifiers too. So my hit dice is like three instead of the standard two. Wow. Don't worry, I'm I'm not even the strongest. (laughs) Uh, My friend Mayo has an assassin. He's got a lot of hit dice. He's got a lot of hit dice without like. Wow. (laughs) And we don't have a tank, which is fun. Mm. Well, we have an off tank in our cleric, but it's not like we have a tank tank. We don't have a guardian. We don't we don't have what equates as paladins in our... Well, actually, technically the cleric could be a paladin at some point, but not this just is yet. A, is a holy person mm. who's also a fighty person. Mm-hmm. So I guess that does count. That does count, but our cleric doesn't really hit well. I'm sorry, Josh, you just... She just doesn't hit well. Uh oh. Like, yeah, she missed. No. Maybe the dice doesn't like him, her. No, the character is female. Oh, uh, maybe the yeah, maybe the dice doesn't like them. Yeah. So get new dice, Josh. Get new dice. Yeah, I'm thinking I might spring for it at some point. But anyway, yeah. Uh, as far as stats go. It translates into having, like, for my weird cat in Log Horizon, whose name is Boots. That's such a cat name. Yeah, I, I, cat I, name. Look, if I'm gonna play is a he, cat, I might as well just go for it. Is he like black and white, and then he has white paws? No. I hit the mark, but no. No. Yes. <laughs> It's okay. I love cats like that. That's cute. Well, he we doesn't have black have... fur. His fur isn't black. It's actually a deep blue. Same thing. <laughs> but still, yeah. We're just my art there. <laughs> tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. But anyway, as far as stats go, that's that's a pretty even spread. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, some people, when they play tabletop games, they do like to push it to their limits. Oh yeah. There's a phenomenon called min-maxing. Um, well, I know that happens in D&D more often. It's not really pushing to their limit. Uh-huh. It's more of, in character creation, min-maxing would be, um, okay, so you have a character in mind, mm-hmm. and then you put all of your higher uh, stats to to the ability scores that will give them maximum advantage to their class mm-hmm. and then your lower ones to the ones that to the stats that don't affect the class at all so that's why the there's this meme mm-hmm. that always comes up that charisma is the dump stat why would they call it the dump stat because that's where they put the lowest the lower stat numbers. So a lot of people would be fighters or um, wizards. F- 
Fighters would usually need strength to be their maximum stat, and wizards would need. I forget if it's wisdom or intelligence. I prefer sorcerers as a spellcaster. Sorry, I don't need. Because, you know, I don't need to prepare spells beforehand. That's such a chore. <laughs> Just a preference, though. Um, but yeah, if you min-max, min-max is basically putting, you know, um, min-maxing is putting the minimum scores to the stats you don't want and the maximum scores to the abilities that you do want. So, that's maximizing the ability scores for your character so your character is more efficient in what he's supposed to do so if you're a fighter you have more strength and um, if you want that fighter to take more hits you put more in your constitution mm -hmm. if you want that fighter to be more uh more of a dps then you put it in your dexterity and then you put everything else down the line yeah, but when is it like does it ever like when you min max is it ever does it have any negative effects to the character well you'd be for for me if you min max you're a very cut and dry kind of character you're you're more of a run-of-the-mill kind of character mm -hmm. if you if you min max that's for me because then you'd be playing to the stereotype. Which isn't always a bad thing. Yeah, it's not bad. Per but, se. But then you'd be you'd kind of be too normal and there wouldn't be anything that sets you apart, I guess. You could always add the fluff to your character. Mm -hmm. But then in combat you'd be a typical fighter. You'd be strong. You'd you know you take the hits. You'd land the hits. But then there's nothing else to your character. You could always make them interesting by giving them like a background that matches the stats. For example, um, why is Matthias so high in charisma? It's because you know his okay. On his character sheet, it says one of his ideals is beauty. When he performs, when he performs, he wants to make the world better than what it was. So he's basically so, elegance. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And <laughs> he wants to be famous and will do whatever it takes to be famous. That's why he has to be charismatic. He knows he has to be charismatic. He knows he has to be charismatic. And, um, yeah. He will settle nothing less than perfection. And he does have a flaw. Mm. He will do anything. Anything? To win fame and renown. Oof. So that's anything. That's a pretty big flaw. Yeah, even, you know, murdering the competition. He, as long as he doesn't get Seriously? caught. Seriously? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, in Boots' case, his flaw is racial. 
As in the person racial? No, it's racial. <laughs> oh my god. Shout out to our friend Rachel. Sup girl? <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, what? No, it's racial as in R A C I A L. Yes, he's because he's a weird cat. The weird cats in Log Horizon have um they can and will go berserk. Mm-hmm. Like but there are pretty specific triggers. Sometimes it's a damage based trigger. Okay. Sometimes it's a story trigger. In the case of the one time, the first time that Boots got berserked. Okay, we were in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. We were going after materials for what amounts to a bag of holding in D&D. Mm-hmm. So it's huge ass inventory space. Um, they ended up fighting the boss of the dungeon. And they weren't the only party doing it. The thing about Log Horizon is that since it's an MMO world, mm-hmm. you play through it like that. There are certain zones that um, allow for PvP or doesn't or don't allow for PvP. But in the case of this zone, it did allow for PvP. And since you know, usually in battles like this, it's a it's a matter of whoever does the most damage to it. So it's it's a damage per second battle or a DPS battle. Um, Boots would have been okay if it stuck to that. He does damage pretty quickly and so does the assassin. The thing is, somebody in the opposing party decided to shoot him. Oh no. With an arrow. Oh no. It hit him. Not the cat. It hit him. And added... And also added pursuit. So story-wise, uh, it started getting stressful for him. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I manage this and getting attacked by someone else? I do, he, as a character, he's not super into PvP. He doesn't like it. But if he has to, he will. Mm-hmm. And it was a stressful enough situation with the fact that they have to battle it out for DPS. Someone else is shooting him and they did not shoot first. So story-wise, when he started going berserk, Darn Cat snapped the arrow off from his arm, broke it in half, put his weapons away, and incurred berserk status. Nice. I started glowing green and he... The thing about the berserk state for weir- for the weird cats mm-hmm. in Log Horizon is that it changes how they move and attack. So due to being a cat, uh, the Berserk state gives him an extra 1d6 to all physical rolls. Wow. An extra 1d6 to athletic rolls and plus 1 speed, but his attack power is reduced to just 1d6 plus his dexterity and strength mods. Mm-hmm. Plus those two modifiers. He does decent damage, but, you know, he, w- he was so pissed off he didn't even care that... Well, he'd already killed the boss by then. They'd already killed the boss by then, but they were still in combat because there were adds remaining, additional monsters remaining. But he ignored the monster and went straight for the bard. Oh, not the bard. The bard, yeah. The bard was just... yeah. They also had a kanagi, which is a shrine, shrine maiden. Mm-hmm. Shrine maiden or shrine priest, depending if you're male or female, who put up barriers around the 
barred and Boots was just, you know what, I'm so done. <laughs> Starts pounding on the barrier. <laughs> he was, for the next two or three turns, he was in Berserk State. When he finally got out of it, um, it reduced his HP to 1 and his fatigue to maximum. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's the, that's the bad part about it. But story-wise, it worked so well. Because we ended up getting extra items, extra loot, as compensation from the op- the opposing party. Turns out they were uh, um, they were leveling the bard who is low level and really young in real life, and his guardians were doing that so that he forgets that he's not in the real world, so that it doesn't traumatize him. Yeah, story-wise, it gets really intense for Log Horizon. You forget because you only see Shiro as party in the anime. You forget that there are actual ramifications to some of these kids being stuck here. You see... Oh yeah, because there are people too. Yeah. You see Toya and Minori and they're fine because Toya in the real world is paralyzed. And here he's got the full range of movement. He can move, he can run, he can fight. They're about the same age as this bard, 14, 15. Um, but yeah, it also brought to light the fact that over the course of that session, we had to have this conversation where, yeah, the reality of it is we are here. We don't know what can happen to us. We do know that if we die, we come back a few memories short. Mm-hmm. Like, there was this one example that was used. There was a character named Krusty who died a few times. By the by the end of that cycle of deaths, he could no longer remember his cat. Oh, no. He knows he has a cat. Doesn't remember what it's named. Doesn't remember its co- its features. Wow. But that's... That's a good um, mechanic. To, yeah. You know... Die too many times and... And then you start forgetting... Um, details about your life. Yeah, uh, there was. I remember there being a story in the anime where you know you freely offer, like I think it was Shiroi and Akatsuki who died, and they freely offered up their memories in exchange for everything, for you know, for a chance to come back. Apparently, maybe you can choose to not come back, but that doesn't. But you don't see what comes next. But yeah. So that's that's one part of so yeah um, the berserk state is one part of Boots' character growth. He's never experienced it. He's heard of it, mm-hmm. but never experienced it for himself. Now that he has, he's kind of not not hell bent, but he very much like to not have it happen again because it's one thing for him to focus on the enemy when the enemy is actually asleep the enemy party got knocked with the status effect that boots managed to avoid that most of his party managed to avoid but they didn't so it's like hey you got a weird cat pounding on barriers that are breaking slowly i don't know what he would have done if he managed to break those barriers probably rip the enemy to pieces probably but that's that's just one but he didn't he doesn't remember He's got enough stats to do it mm-hmm. with his weapons. 
mm-hmm. but barehanded he doesn't. So that's another thing about um, your character growing into uh, the fiercer version of themselves and how their stats determine those attacks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you may have the speed and the strength to do it when you're armed. When you're unarmed, it's not exactly great. Yeah, I mean. Stats you roll for your character actually helps you determine what your character can and can't do, right? Especially early on, yeah. Yeah, especially early on, since you're well, you're just starting, so your character can't, you know, do. Um, for example, let's say you have a science character, mm-hmm. and you're just starting out. You're a legend one. Character, so you're still limited in the abilities that you can use, and you can't really, you know, for example, you can't fly all of a sudden. Or, I mean, sure, if you have those. If you um, have those abilities to begin with, then yes. To begin with, then yes. But you know, you can't just do. Everything, yeah. At the start, you have to work hard for it. That's why the GM will give you experience points at the end of every session. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're always hungry for games, right? And since it's August, we're hungry ghosts for EXP. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. No. Well, August is ending, so we can't be hungry ghosts. Anyway. We still can be. Remember, Halloween is soon. Alright. Oh. Halloween Sorry. is Christmas to some people. Yes, it is. I I love... Oh, does that mean we're doing a, a horror episode? Oh god, no. Please, yes. no. Yes. No. Yes. yes. Yes, we are. I'm saying it now. No. We're, doing a, we're doing a Halloween episode where... Please, we... you'll be here to watch me scream. Oh, why don't we read... Copy pasta for Halloween. Oh god. Yeah, let's just scare each other. No. Tell scary stories. <laughs> I mean, that's Halloween. We have um, two Six. months <laughs> until Halloween. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, but. <laughs> but back to Hungry EXP Ghosts. EXP, that's the only way you can go up or down the character ladder. Yeah. That's the only... That's one... Well, no. There are times when story determines that, you know, hey, you have someone of higher level than you buffing you. Well, that's a buff. That's temporary. That's true. See? That's temporary. I mean, if you really, really want your character to go up in skill levels, in um, character growth, you have to role play in that session, and then get the EXP in that session, and then use that EXP to get your character more cool stuff, like abilities, uh, more spells, more uh, skills. Mm-hmm. If you're into that, yeah. In some cases, um, you, the way you play your character does have does give you more yeah. exp um some gms do like giving out like extra exp for those 
roleplay with a bit of extra, I think. Well, I, I like to think that everybody who plays tabletop is a little bit extra. I mean, I know there are people who just go in, mm. play, and don't really react as much, but... There are people who actually immerse themselves into the game and... There are also people who learn to go from being plain to being immersive. And I experienced that for the first time in Love Horizon. One of my friends, wow. he's... He had to, he said it out loud to us, like, I have to step up my role-playing game because there's three of you. <laughs> hmm. well, at least like, that's good. You're you're inspiring people to actually role play and not just you know yeah. sit down, play the game, and yeah. then go home. Yeah, that, that doing that is kind of. It's. I mean, okay. I get why people do that. I guess most people I know who do that are beginners. So they're still trying to get their feet wet with the whole role-playing aspect of the role-playing game. But that's okay. You can, you know, ease them in to yeah. the role-playing. Which is what I'll have to do during our next Log Horizon session. Oh, you can do it. You're fine. You'll be fine. Apparently we'll have new new players. Yay! But man, you keep talking about it and now I want to play. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, but I still want to do that um, homebrew idea that I have. Can we just do it already? Come on. Yeah, I'm still planning it. <laughs> I mean, I can't... I, I want to be sort of accurate to the series. You've watched... Okay, we're talking about uh, Scion homebrew yeah. that Rika is planning. And it's, it's homebrew towards this anime that I also think comes from a light novel. Yes. Um, is it is it okay to pick up girls in a dungeon? It's such a it's a it's a long, complicated title. Just call it Danmachi. Yeah. Everybody calls it Danmachi. Yeah. It's a shorter title. I know there are two animes for that. Yeah. Right now, uh, they're both on Netflix. The original series and this um the spinoff, I guess. The Sword, Sword Oratorio. Oratorio. Yeah. Oratorio. I haven't watched it. I I I was kind of shocked to see it there. I was like. The hell is this? Wait, this is Danmachi, but told from the perspective from the of family's perspective. Yes, Loki family. Loki's yes. Yeah, Loki's family. Yeah. So it it works for Cyan in the sense that you've got gods of different pantheons. I saw Takemi Kazuchi there, yeah, and I'm like, hmm, sup, dad. <laughs> but yeah, um, Danmachi lends itself really well to Cyan. Because you, as you said, it already has the gods of the pantheons. Who are I mean, actively in this universe. Yeah, they're actively in the universe. They want, you know, they want followers. Fame and fortune. Yeah. Some of them just want to have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of them just want to have fun. And the crazy part is, you can, well, this is actually a tiny spoiler. Oh no. You can actually be a part of a familia. Despite being actual family of another familia. That's a spoiler. I didn't name names. It's fine. <laughs> fine. But yeah. Um, do, do watch it if you have the time. Yes, please watch it. It's available on Netflix. On Netflix Philippines. Which is kind of crazy. They have this 
huge anime catalog and no log horizon. Yeah. And I think they still don't have the second half of Shokugeki no Soma. Oh yeah, they don't. Season yeah. 4, they don't have it. Season 3. It's still season 3. Is it? Oh... Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Um, but yeah, um, what were we talking about? Story growth. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, story growth, yeah. You keep playing your sessions. And then, I mean, the sessions, well, you know, the story of your game can actually lend to character growth. It might not give you um, the stats you need, but at least it helps you give your character direction. So based on that, you know which stats you want to give your character more. Yeah, and as you go through the story, you ha- you you eventually figure out who your character is outside of combat. Because it's one thing to have oh, your true. combat stats. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have your roleplay stats. Oh god, yeah. I mean, that's why I love White Wolf games. Because their um, main abilities is categorized under the physical the mental and the social mm-hmm. and a lot of my characters in white wolf games have a lot of socials but they're not you know they just play with play i play around with social physical characters and then social mental characters most yeah but most of my characters really do have a beefed up social it's different. It's a little different with me. Like my stats tend to be a little equal across the board. Like there's no one stat, particularly in Scion, that has an advantage. Like my socials are all the same. My physical is mostly the same. My mentals are all pretty high. I usually play uh, smart fighters, smart oh. fast fighters. Oh, which you don't usually get when it comes to like D&D for example because of the the stats yeah and I think I like I mean I think in D&D you can fluff off the part where where, your character is smart yeah right yeah you can do that I mean you can have them not not sorry Welcome to Sodium Exposure. Where we occasionally have technical difficulties. Okay, we're back. Okay. And I hit something, maybe. Is it, are you still good? Yeah, we're still good. Yeah, okay. We're good. We're okay. good now. So going back, um, I really do think that you can roleplay some things to a certain extent, even if you don't have the right amount of stats. Like, let's let's take um my character in Scion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which one? Oh, um, yeah. Aloha. <laughs> Let's not talk about Aloha. Aloha. Right now, I'll talk about Alonso more later on. No, we're. I'm talking about Izumi. Okay. Um, like I said, he's a character who doesn't. Like we said in the previous session, he's a character who doesn't have a lot of presence. No, I mean, stats-wise, he is presence one. Mm-hmm. But I relied on his cunning and his 
um, composure to get him through this one social event. Ordeal. Hmm? What? Ordeal. I wouldn't call it an ordeal. I mean, would you call a... Okay, yeah, we would call a party an ordeal. I would a call... Party? Yeah, the, there was this scenario where we were at a grand party. Oh, oh, oh. And, I think I... And every other... every other, there? Yes, you were there. Okay. You were... Um, every other house of agents in the setting were tasked to perform. I don't remember this. Is this the... On the inauguration this. of what was the giant helicarrier. Oh! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of presence. I mean, you'll never see him come and go. But the thing is... He's he's supposed to be a ninja. Yeah. But the thing is, he... Was he, this the one where he... he the one where he sang. And he got everybody else into it. I thought this was where... No, it wasn't you. I think it was Sin. Mm. No, was it Sin? And a bunch of others. Because when the... Um... What was it called? What was the base called again? Nexus. It was Nexus, right? Nexus HQ, yeah. Yeah, when No, ne Stratos. Stratos. Oh yeah, it was... Sorry. Nexus is the main HQ <laughs> in New York. When Stratos was attacked, I think Sid was part of that group that, you know, went out and then had to go back in. No, wait. Got thrown out accidentally. Um, got... Who did the throwing? It was Sab. Probably <laughs> oh, <at least> Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a failed perfect partner role. Yes, it. Was. Oh my God, no, we were all there. We were all there. Our party um, was there. Yeah. Yeah, but this is about Azumi. Let's stop talking about Sin. Yeah, we'll talk about Sin in a bit. Um, no, he, he got through that by combining his ment some of his socials that were higher with his mental stats. Mm -hmm. So it, it basically looked like it was a really well-planned performance that he was trying to use to impress... Um, that he was trying to use to impress his older sister. <laughs> yeah, because Izumi at the time... Well, yeah, Izumi's parent is the Grand High King of the Japanese pantheon, Izanagi. Mm -hmm. He was trying very hard to impress his sister, Amaterasu, to send it so that she'd send him on a quest. Which quest? I don't remember this. This was, this was at the time that he was trying to get his family to like, please talk. Oh, because um, Izanami yeah. and Izanagi has... They have beef. Yeah, they have beef. It's like, oh my Can't god. Can't blame her. Not mom, please. Like, at this point, she'd gotten tired of trying to kill Izumi. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, come on, he's Izumi. Yeah. He's a puppy. But he yeah, it was a combination of his, ment of, his, of his mental, social, and physical that got him through that performance. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't even remember. I, I remember what the song was. I told Dave we were going to use Love Shack. <laughs> Love Shack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. With the lights and everything, and I tried to drag everybody into it, even the ones who were not very social. There were a lot of roles. Yeah, I can imagine. But the others the others were just so game, and it really does matter to have 
a table that is super G for anything. Mm-hmm. Because that way, you know, they'll react well to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, cons- yes. Um, as as a lot of our friends like to say, consent is important. You always you should ask if it's okay for, for you to get dragged into this. And if okay. if it's not okay, if it's not something you want to be dragged in, you can sit back and watch the performance. Yeah. But the crazy part was everybody was just game for yep. it. Everybody was just laughing. And I'm like, yes, yes, give me that sweet roleplay XP. Yeah, like, oh, like um, the musical episode where everybody just started singing their lines. You know what? That was the that. most fun. That was the most fun episode because mm-hmm. um, you can kind of tweak it so that the only reason your character can actually sing well, even if they don't have like... Um, the performance check. Yeah, they don't have performance for it. They don't have culture or whatever for it. Yeah, they don't have the artistry. Yeah. It was artistry before. Or art, yeah, art, art singing. singing. It was art singing. Even if you don't have it, you essentially have a passive because you're under a spell. Yeah, it was technically uh, a buff yeah. to the singing skill. Yeah. You suddenly have what? Singing three? Art singing three? Yeah. Because everybody can suddenly carry a tone. The crazy part is that because all of us, well, all of most of us at the table have pretty good voices. We we were all singing. Except for me, I'm tone deaf. You are not tone deaf. Yes, Come on, you sang with me. Yeah, but you know, I'm not as good as you. <laughs> I true. disagree. It's true. I disagree. Anyway, let's agree to disagree. Ugh. There's going to be a lot of that in this podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we're doing it. Which is why we're doing it, exactly. But we're, yeah. We're salty about a lot of things and in, a lot of different things. And salty about it in various degrees. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes the stats lend themselves really well to your roleplay. Sometimes they don't. And, and sometimes you have to actually put... Some numbers into your character Actually, yes, you do. before you develop the character better. I had to do that with um, with Sin mm-hmm. because I realized that in the game he he can't he couldn't be as good a fighter as I wanted him to be with just his stats. So I had to have him fight with a better um a better reason to fight so you know that whole what they thing <laughs> and of course i had to uh i had to make him learn to use a weapon instead of just his duking it out with his knuckles yeah just be, just uh, i'm getting tired that's a well it happens yeah anyway I needed to give Sin a weapon for him to relearn how to fight because I think he was being held back with just his MMA knowledge, just his close quarters combat. So, um, he, as you, as I mentioned, I think the last episode, he went on a sabbatical where he went with a Valkyrie. Um, his Valkyrie babysitter uh, assigned to him by Freya. So they went 
across the nine realms. Um, the inside thing is, you know, he wrestled with the frost giants before going through the gardens of Eden and eating apples all day. <laughs> um, but during that sabbatical, the Valkyrie, Regenleaf, there you go. Mm -hmm. that, that was the Valkyrie, uh, Regenleaf, uh, gave him a halberd so he can learn how to fight like a Valkyrie. What was it called? The... The halberd. The halberd? What? I remember its it name, but um, I want you to tell us. I don't remember what it was called. I remember. You want me to say it? It's here, somewhere. It's not Ulfvard. No. Oh, it's Gearskogel. Yeah. It's Gearskogel. I've always liked that name. I think I got it from Ragnarok Online. Maybe. <laughs> Ugh, I miss that game sometimes. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, in character creation, Yeah. I remember when um, Ragnarok Online was new here in the Philippines, mm -hmm. I made an archer mm -hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. So I put my stats oh, no. in luck. I had wit and I had um, dex. That's, that's actually fine. Yeah, but I had high wit and high luck because the starting area was Paeon. Uh -huh. And you had to go through Paeon Forest and then through Morok to get to anywhere else. And I kept dying. So I pumped my bit up just so I could last longer. So I was a very tanky archer. That's actually a good thing. I mean, if you kept like 30, you would have been fine. And plus your luck lets you land more critical yeah, hits. Yeah, but I went beyond 30. Oh my god. <laughs> It went on for a while until we got. You're like the all might of archers. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, my character, my archer was just really hard to kill. But thankfully, I didn't participate in PvP. So. Don't you know. worry, for I am here. Pulls back on both. Yeah, but my agi deck sucked, so. You were a slow archer. Yeah, I was a slow archer. And then we found, you know, guides. And then I regretted my decisions immediately. Mm -hmm. So, all, all that work. I ended up having zero patience. So with Ragnarok? What, no, I, I ended up having zero patience with the patches. Oh, yeah. So it was supposed patches. to be a rogue. Mm -hmm. Ended up being an assassin that had daggers. Which at the time was kind of an unorthodox build. Yeah. Oh, but... There is a third class now that's a dual dagger kind of character. That's the rogue. Oh wait, no, is that the ninja? I don't know. I forget. I forget. I haven't played Ragnarok Online in forever. It's been, it's been five years, I think, for me. It's been so long. Yeah. So long. Yeah, they say as they start looking for Ragnarok Online and where they can play. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Private servers, here we come. Well, or we could support the main one. Oh, alright. Um, I mean, I know it's on Steam. Is International it Ra Ragnarok yes. Online is on Steam. But Ragnarok Online Philippines oh, wait, had a yeah. rebrand and they're under a new company. company and they're 
we could, like. but also we. Do you want to? E. Man, character creation always talking about characters always makes us look back. Yeah, we're so we love reminiscing. Yeah, but yeah, as far as reminiscing goes, um, we've experienced a lot of stories. Hmm. In in every RPG we in mm. every tabletop RPG mm. we've ever played. In some cases, we're just it, like right now we're just starting with new games. Yeah, yeah, um, we have. I know you. I know you're going to get started on Genesis soon. I think. Uh, we're playtesting a homebrew setting for Genesis. Yeah, I, I played one session and mm-hmm. I really want to play more. It's really fun. The dice it's are confusing. Fun. The dice are confusing, but once you get used to um, Genesis dice. It's actually pretty good because it doesn't just rely on numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's more of um, a cause and effect thing. So if you succeed, you can get an advantage to that role or to that action, or you get complications to that action. That you it's, have to buy out. Yeah, it's actually more fun. The dice is more fun yeah. for me. I, I really would like to play more. Ahem, ahem. <laughs> ahem. I want to play more. I should probably get my own set of dice at some point. Oh god. At some point. Same, 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 same. You should order. See, th- th- this is something we should talk about at some sometime. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe not on the podcast when we're recording. Yeah. Not not, not right now. Yeah. But anyway. Um, we've had so many stories in the tabletops that we played that have affected the way that our characters grew. Like, for example, Sin... Went mm. from MMA to uh, to Valkyrie. Yeah, to uh, Val Valkyrie. Also, his code name. Somehow it happened. Somehow yes. it happened. Let's not talk about that paw. For he likes it. Yeah, for Izumi, he became. He was really going for the whole bridge between the earth and the sky thing. Because mm-hmm. one of his one of his best arcs involved um, diving into the underworld, mm-hmm. into the Japanese underworld, fighting fighting a sword, fighting the spirit of a sword, and you know gaining favor with his not mother. <laughs> let's be real. I mean, they've been warring for so long. It's affecting the way they both both Izanami and Izanagi do work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was being uh, detrimental. Yeah, it was being detrimental to the gods themselves. I mean, you can't have Susanoo dealing with the sky all the time. It's always going to rain. And if it's Tsukiyomi, it's always going to be cloudy. If it's a Matarasu, it's always sunny! God. I swear, having the big three for siblings is kind of the worst thing. Well, please... You don't have the politics of the Greek pantheon. Oh, yeah. no, let's not get started on the Greeks. I mean, Why? <laughs> uh, there's so much to unpack. It, it actually, for to me, it's mm-hmm. very hard to roleplay someone from the Greek pantheon. And let me tell you why. Um, they're automatically heroes. Like, their passive ability makes them heroic already. 
it's not that I dislike the Greek pantheon in Sion. No, some 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 of the people I play with play Greeks very well. It's just I can't play it because of the inter interpersonal politics. Like if you play um, Poseidon's kid, if you're literally Percy Jackson, then Zeus might not like you, or Hades might not like you. The other gods probably like you. Probably. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's look at Percy Jackson himself as a Cyan character. He's um, based on, let's base it post, let's base it Heroes of Olympus now. Mm-hmm. Not, um, and the gods. Not the first set of books, but on the second set of books. In the second set of books, if you look at Percy Jackson, he's already um, high mental, high social, high physical. He's, he's not a Gary too. He's not perfect. He's really not perfect. But he's good enough in the sense that anybody else would have a difficult time holding a candle to him. I mean, if you look at Annabeth, she is like Strong him, the whole package. Women. Like him, the whole package, and that's one. Of, and it's it's actually it's actually why they play off each other so well because they're on the same level. What if you're not on the same level as them? It makes it very hard. No, wait, Percy's actually kind of low on the social part. Did not recognize that Nico D'Angelo had a thing for him until the very end. I haven't read the books. I'm sorry. Gas. Oh my god. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my god. I've spoiled myself though. <sighs> I'm working on it. Yeah, but anyway, everybody's <laughs> e- anyway everybody's personal arcs throughout the entire story. Like for example, our Cyan campaign mm-hmm. um, is currently on pause because we're waiting on the books. Mm-hmm. Please give us the books. <laughs> I've heard there are huge, huge changes, and I can't wait to see them. But throughout that entire first editions, first edition game, it was. Interesting to see how. Um, well, let's let's go with my character Izumi. It was really interesting to see how he went from the kid who wasn't sure who he wanted to be a hero mm-hmm. to essentially being wanting to be a hero full time. Towards the end, I never got to play out an arc that I really that I designed for him that I was gonna pitch to Dave. I wanted him to be. It would it would have it would have spilled over into his into his demigod life if I got that far. Mm. It involved like um, a, a legendary set of weapons that he'd eventually... Come on, I based him off of Noctis. Of course he was gonna go after his okay. own armager. <laughs> but yeah, that would have been that would have been one of his... Uh, character arc. Yeah, it would have been a character arc that spanned, that spanned his hero and demigod life. By the time he... The, he became a god, he'd be the god of swords, the new god of swords. <laughs> the god of swords. The god of sharp things. Yeah, the god of sharp things. Even chefs pray to him. <laughs> <laughs> the ninja god of swords. Yeah, that would have been fun for him. But eventually, you know, with updates coming, the hardest thing I suppose is letting him rest, you know? I mean, it's always been a difficult thing to like let go of a character, yeah. whether dead or 
alive. Or alive or if the campaign just meets its natural end. Yeah, that's always been the most difficult thing. I mean, you'd. I mean, I'd love to play Syndra again. I'd love to keep playing him. I love him as a character, but I'm not sure if he will work in a different setting because a lot of the things that made Syndra who he is is from that from the experiences he had with in that campaign. Yeah. He started like super not into the whole son of a goddess kind of thing. He was very awkward about it. He was very human. Um, and then towards the end, he knows he's he knows he's still human mm-hmm. to an extent, but he has gifts that he should be using, and not being to, not being able to play that out. It's kind of sad for me. Well, I mean, letting it's it's it really is the hardest thing to let go. Yeah. You know? And we're not... It's like we're not ready. Yeah. But in some ways we were. Because... In some ways we are. Because um, new games, new versions of certain games means new concepts. I mean, for all I know, I could finally play a Kamen Rider. <laughs> well, who knows, right? But we're not like... Elsa, we can't just let it go. With a whoosh of ice. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. For me, I mean, it's still hard for me to actually let Sin go. I still think about him every now and then. Like, what if there's a new campaign? Do I really want him back? Will he still be Sin? Will he still be the same character as he is in Scion 1E. Yeah. Or will he be totally different now in 2E? I, you know, personally, mm-hmm. I think we still could. Yeah, but, you know, the experiences that he had in 1E, it's definitely gonna be different if he was in 2E. I suppose. But, you know, I'm not talking starting him off at Hero. Oh, you want. Yeah. But I don't know. Is if they have a demigod book, they should have a demigod. They, they should have a demigod. They should have a demigod book. If they have a demigod book, maybe we can come back as demigods. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I'm 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 saying I'm I'm actually saying this as Izumi. <laughs> because you want Izumi back. Of course I want him back. Who wouldn't want him back? I mean look at him. He was fast and dangerous. Sorry. Wait. What? What? Videl would want him back. Wouldn't want him back? Yeah, Videl's a bitch, so... Eh. I'll give it some time, I get under her skin again. (laughs) My characters have had that kind of way with your characters. With my female characters. With your female characters. The camaraderie is easy with your your male characters. With the female characters, it takes me some time. It takes my characters some time. Yeah, because... My, I, I don't know, I tend to make female characters that are very judgmental and cold. Some would say certain. some of them are stone cold bitches. They are. Yeah. 
that's where that's although that's what made them so fun to play off of. Like, what can I do? <laughs> how do? How how do I get under Rika's girl character's skin without actually getting killed? That's a challenge. A challenge that I have met. Yeah, you have. It's you kind have. of well, it's kind of unfair because we've been friends for so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of know that it would happen eventually. But it just takes time. It was fun to play out. Yeah, like, it was fun getting there. It's always about the journey. It's always about the journey. Even when you know you eventually have to let go of those characters for so many reasons, like they die, or the, the campaign, campaign end, ending, yeah, or you know, or they won't fit in the new setting as well. Mm-hmm. Letting go is a fundamental part, ladies and gentlemen, of a tabletop campaign. Yes, you. Yeah. I know. If you play in a tabletop game, you know the hard work that you put into a character. You know that it's taken you months, sometimes years, years. of effort and role-playing to have that character sheet like with all those achievements, all those nice all those, weapons. All that, all, the hundreds of EXP would spend on the character. Some would say thousands, but that's like long-term, five years down the line campaigning. Yeah. But then, just... Thinking about all that EXP you put on that one character, you think about all the sessions that you played, all those hours you poured into that character. Yeah. And then it just ends. And that's just sad. It is, but you know, there's also the fact that you can look forward to yeah. a new character, a new setting. Mm-hmm. It's a new sandbox to play in and a new story that hasn't been explored yet. Maybe I should wait for two e-books to be available. Yeah. Before I launch the... the yeah, that might be a good idea. And, you know, not to end on a, de- not to end on a dead note. <laughs> <laughs> because dead characters, badum. Eventually, you'll have to set your characters free. Like, put them in a box, remember all the good stuff, and move on. <laughs> However, <laughs> there are going to be times when your characters can come back in a different form. It's like in a different game. A character. It's like reskinning your character. It happens. But. Which, admittedly, Videl mm-hmm. were a. Videl was a reskin of Yulia. And she finally admits it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well. well. A less bitchy reskin, actually. Yeah. Well, I had to make her less out of reach. Yeah. Because uh, that sort of character wouldn't work in a very social setting as our sign game. I had a feeling that was why it was so easy for Kaz. <laughs> I actually brought him over. Yeah, you did. You did. Way before he ever met Julia, he was already like, huh, I was already working on my character sheet. Huh, Carlo Antonio. And then all the stats. And then of course I made him Chinese. Okay. I put him in the Chinese pantheon. There wasn't any other one that could fit him. He wouldn't fit in... He wouldn't. He wouldn't be Greek. That's for darn sure. He could be Norse. Actually, yeah, he could have been Norse. 
You could have been Tears Kid. Why didn't I think of that at the time? I don't know. You didn't ask me. Well, I didn't. I wanted to surprise you. Okay. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it was a happy surprise. It was like. <gasps> because then we ended up together again. Yeah. Like the characters ended up. That that's the story arc that remains unfulfilled to this day. Right? I know. They're not as their arc isn't as fulfilled as Kaz and Sins. Izumi and Sins. Oh, sorry, Izumi and Sins. See, I'm confusing yeah. your names. Her arc is not as fulfilled as yeah. Izumi and Sins. Because what was what was the last scenario for us? Jumping off the rooftops into an adventure again. But wait, for Sin and, and Izumi. Izumi, yeah. That was the last. One that was the last. With the phantoms. Yeah. <laughs> already. Oh, poor baby. <sighs> Letting go is hard. It's Letting okay. go move is on. hard. We move on. Move on. And resurrect our characters in different stories. Now. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll play a girl sin somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You never know. Maybe, maybe in some future game I could finally make that concept. That I was deprived of my time traveling son. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we can get that in another game setting. Let's bother our GM friends. Yes. Hi, Dave. <laughs> so, yeah, that's character creation, guys. It's. That's from creating your character until the end of the cycle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's sad. Oh no, God. Miggy, why are we ending this? Why are we ending this two-parter with a sad thing? Because it feels like they're dying when you have to let them go. <laughs> anyway, next episode we'll be talking about video games. <laughs> Don't cry. Stop crying. Stop crying. Miggy, Miggy, stop crying. <laughs> anyway, this has been Rika and Mickey. And thanks for listening to Sodium Exposure. Goodbye and good night. This episode of the Sodium Exposure Podcast features music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The Sodium Exposure Podcast is hosted by Rika Shoson and Miggy Castaneda and edited by Rika Shoson. Thank you for listening to the Sodium Exposure Podcast. Check us out at sodiumexposure.podbean.com and follow us at Sodium Exposure on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to get new updates. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, bye!